One thing I love about the Smarter Building Materials Marketing Podcast is we get to interview a lot of really interesting people. And on today's show, we actually bring on an architect who shares with us how the smartest building material companies out there are growing awareness and improving the way that they educate actual architects on products. It is an awesome show where you're going to learn and hear from an architect firsthand on what you can do to better position and brand and get your name out there in the marketplace. All right, let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Smarter Building Materials Marketing Podcast, helping you find better ways to grow leads, sales, and outperform your competition. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Williams and Beth Popnikoloff. All right, everybody, welcome to Smarter Building Materials Marketing, where we believe your online presence should be your best salesperson. I am Zach Williams, and we have a great show for you planned today. We've actually got an in-house guest joining us. We've got Greg Lewis here in the office. Welcome to the show, Greg. Thanks. Glad to be here. So we got connected online, which is interesting, even though we live in the same town. And as I was digging into your profile, you've got a pretty interesting background. You are an architect, right? I am. And But you don't do architecture right now. I don't practice architecture today. <laughs> yes, that's correct. <laughs> so for our listeners, tell us, tell us what you do. Tell us a little of your background and, and how you got into what you're doing currently. So right now I work for the ready-mixed concrete industry and essentially work in a capacity where I'm helping architects, among other groups, to find more cost-effective ways to use concrete in their projects, whether those are building projects or whether those are paving projects. So I come out of the architecture profession where I worked for a number of firms up and down the eastern seaboard, and I've had a fairly interesting ride in the profession, both as a consultant and now in a, in a somewhat different capacity. So you've done architecture, you've been a consultant, and now you're really focused on the educational side of things. Is that right? That's correct, yes. Yeah. And you enjoy it? I'm having a great time. So I'm curious you know, if you can share, like, if you were an architect, what kind of led you to go, you know what, I really like architecture, but I don't want to be a practicing architect. I want to support architects. Was there like an epiphany or you just thought your career has evolved or something like that? Well, my career has definitely evolved, and it's been very exciting, actually, the way it has evolved. I get bored very easily, so having some diversity of experiences is a very good thing for me. I can tell you that working as a practicing architect is a great ride. It's a blast, right? But my feeling about it was that as a practicing architect, you really only work on one major project at a time. Mm -hmm. And so you may have a couple of other projects as filler. If you're waiting for a client approval, let's say, on, on the quote-unquote main project. But ultimately, over the course of a career, as a consulting or practicing architect, you really only have the opportunity to influence a certain and very finite number of projects. So my own sense was, if I want to have a measurable impact on the way we build, right, as an industry, design, construction, development, etc., the best way to do that was to step outside of the role as a practicing consulting architect and actually take the role on of trying to find ways to influence architects in the decision-making that they're engaged in every day and therefore take an extra step back and influence more projects than I might otherwise been able to as a practicing architect. That's really cool. And the thing I was sharing with you in prep for today's show is that I'm really excited to have you on because you are an architect who you don't sell necessarily, but you educate so that others can sell. And so your vantage point is really unique in that you, in the back of your mind or even the front of your mind, you know what's going through the mind of the architect when you're trying to educate. I'd be really curious to know 
what is the approach that you see and work well and what do you see that doesn't work well when it comes to educating architects about particular products? I think the biggest part of it for me, at least it was when I was practicing, was the effort to follow up, right? It's one thing, for example, to sit through a lunch and learn program and get that sort of initial taste or introduction to whatever the product is that the person presenting that lunch and learn is trying to educate on or, or ultimately sell to the to the architects in the room. And that's very useful for whetting the appetite. But ultimately, if I'm interested as an architect in what it is that you're presenting to me, undoubtedly, I'm going to have a whole series of follow-up questions, right? Mm. Because ultimately, I'm going to have to get from being intrigued to being able to get it into a set of drawings or specifications. And there's an awful lot of work that happens between those two stages in the process of developing an idea, let's say, for how to integrate a specific product or material in the next building that I'm going to work on. Can you share any stories of like, you know, someone you think has done it really, really well, you've seen it, whether you're an architect when you were actually practicing or currently, and I'd love to also know, like, do you have any horror stories, which is sometimes, <laughs> like, that's where you learn the most sometimes, but, like, can you give me any examples or stories around that? I think the horror stories, if there are horror stories that, that I can kind of track back into my mind and try to excavate for you, really the ones that are more recent are ones that probably are my own failures. You know, in the past, there are lots of, lots of great companies out there with products that architects make very good use of every single day, whether those are building materials, structural materials, finishes, etc. right? You can go through the specification list and recognize that there are probably millions, right, of different products that are brought to bear. And a lot of those products are introduced to architects through a number of different channels. Online, certainly one of them. Lunch and Learn's another one. No doubt that the folks selling those products and those materials need to find a way to get in front of the architects and get those eyeballs, right, get that attention. And so for me, the times where I've sat or stood up in front of a group of architects and presented to them, ultimately, the goal for me was to educate, right? Because my role is a little bit different, but the goal here is to make sure they have the information they need. And if they don't have that information, they're going to look elsewhere, right? So the failure, whether it's me or, or somebody else engaged in that process of bringing the information to an architect, I think the failure is simply not to provide the information either upfront or more importantly, as a follow-up to the architects who may have been presented with that initial information. You mentioned a minute ago about getting in front of the architect. You know, one of the problems that a lot of manufacturers who are listening, they go, yes, like I've got a great product. I think architects would love the product I have and they would specify nine day if they just could see it in action. What are some of the most effective ways you've seen manufacturers just increase awareness like how is that discovery process of, of products and you know getting to that place where you're even in front of the architect what are some of the ways you see people that are doing that that are I guess effective mm -hmm. being engaged in multiple channels simultaneously right because we're all incredibly busy you're busy architects are busy certainly and getting the attention is one thing but being there when the question comes up is the really tricky part of the equation right and that requires I think and most companies understand this a significant investment to be in front of architects regardless of whether the architect is online or reading architect magazine or whatever it might be going to a trade show for example right and I think that Ultimately, what an architect, like anybody else, wants is somebody to solve a problem for them. There you go. Right? Yeah. It's problem solving at the end of the day. 
I need to figure out how to make this project more aesthetically pleasing, more cost-effective, have it be built more quickly, whatever those issues are that the architect is trying to address. And there's a finite number of those, frankly. And the manufacturers, the suppliers of the products that are going to end up in a specification need to do their level best to make sure that they're finding ways to solve those problems. Being responsive is probably the best way to do that. Yeah, I like to say helping is the new selling. Sure. Oh, sure. And you're educating night and day. Like, is that what you primarily focus on? Like, are you going into firms actually educating them about concrete? And is, is that correct? Well, I do a lot less of that kind of one-on-one than I have in years past. But over the last five years, I've done an awful lot of lunch and learns, an awful lot of presentations. But the approach that I've always thought was most useful is to go into a room and, and ask questions. You know, I can stand there. I know the material well enough to just riff on this is why you should use concrete. And there are plenty of reasons that an architect should specify a structural system that's concrete. But if I'm just talking at you, there's a whole lot less You're gonna zone out. opportunity, yeah. right, to keep their attention, to convey to them what it is you're trying to bring them in terms of information. If I ask you, how can I be helpful to you in your projects, current or upcoming? And how can I best be a resource so that when those questions come up, and they invariably will, that I can provide the answer for you? Do you find that there's like a, like a switch that gets flipped? Because I imagine you go in that room and there's some walls up. And you're probably in a little bit of a different position because you're not really trying to sell. You're trying to educate, which frankly, we all should be trying to educate. But are you going there, you're asking questions, are they starting to like, do you see architects bring you and say, hey, well, I saw this happen on this kind of project. We're trying to do something similar. What would you recommend? Are you, are you finding like there's that kind of dialogue happening because walls are coming down because you're just trying to help? Absolutely. And I, and I do think the fact that I'm an architect going into a room of architects. That helps you a it lot. It makes it a <laughs> yeah. lot easier, I think, ultimately, for there to be some level of identification right with one another so that i think ultimately is an icebreaker if nothing else and you know look i would say zach that when you go into a room full of architects and try to provide them with some information that ultimately is going to have them specify your product the only thing that they really want to know is do you want to make them successful right how can i make you successful and if i can go into a room and convey that that's my goal that will, I think, win the day every time. Absolutely. How do you see online changing architecture as a whole? Like, granted, the research process, like when I talk to an architecture professor or even somebody in a firm, they're saying so much of the research has shifted where it's starting online or people looking for inspiration online for that next project. What are you seeing from your vantage point? Well, it's clearly that material research has all migrated. I, I don't know what the percentage is, but it's got to be high 90s, right? Have gone from hard copy, you know, every architecture firm, every office that I've ever been in at one time or another had a massive library, right? Of books, samples, suites, catalogs, all of this kind of stuff. And those things just simply aren't there anymore. And so if your product's not right there, easily accessible on the internet, chances are it's not going to get selected. So, I mean, it's clear that that's the way that the, the research process is working for architects today. I remember going into the library firms that I've worked for and tried to find information. And frankly, I think it's a whole lot easier today than it ever was before. Oh, I mean, can you imagine like going into a library? This sounds so like, you know, funny to say, but like you go into a library and you're trying to find what you're looking for, spending minutes finding what you're looking for. And today, like you just go to Google 
And if it's not there immediately, you're like, you're fed up. It's like our, the amount of time and patience we have to find we're looking for is like decreased to like milliseconds now because of just technology, you know, and the internet. So what I'd like to also know about is, is misconceptions. So as a manufacturer, let's say I'm selling to an architect, what are some of the misconceptions a manufacturer may have about architects that they don't know that most architects deal with or things that they think an architect is thinking, but they're really not? Like, can you share some insight of things you see like mistakes or misconceptions that manufacturers have about architects? You know, it's interesting. I, I think that every opportunity that a manufacturer has to get in front of a group of architects, they need to recognize that there's a whole lot of bias coming into that room or coming to your webpage or whatever the case may be. They know you're trying to sell them. Well, they, they know that you're trying to sell them, but they also have their own ideas about preconceived or otherwise about what they think they're going to do on the next project, whether it's your windows or, or a competitor's windows, right? And so if I'm a, a manufacturer of windows and I'm coming into, a, into an office, chances are they already have the details from a competitor's product that are all ready to go into their next set of drawings. And so not only do you have to explain to them and convince them that the quality of your product is better, there's a better value proposition, right? But you also have to make it easy enough to give them, provide them the details, right? This is what I mean by making somebody's life easier, right? Solving a problem because if I don't have the CAD details, for example, of your product, but I do have easy access or already have the online option available to me or stored on our, our server, your competitor's details, you're going to lose that sale no matter how good you are at making the case or, or explaining to the architect why your product is, is superior from a cost-benefit analysis. I even think about it in terms of risk. Like, who has more risk to try your product in that next project? Is it the architect or you? Like, the architect has a ton of risk involved in trying new products if they've never tried them before, you know? There's an even bigger issue that I, I mean, that I've seen myself firsthand and I think even not only as an architect practicing, but also now being sort of on the other side of the fence. And that is that in order for an architect to be profitable, right, for the firm to make money, right, to stay in business, they need to be able to be as efficient as they possibly can in turning around a set of documents for a project. And, and the result of that is, as architects get squeezed on fees, is I'm going to reuse details and products wherever possible unless I have a really, really good reason not to do that. So if window X, and I don't mean to pick on the window guys, but if window X is not causing me a problem and I'm using it and have used it successfully, you've got a heavy lift as a competitor to get in the door and actually get me to put it into a set of drawings because even as easy as you might be able to make it, it's still going to be easier to stick with what I've got already it's in those drawings. Battle. Yeah, it's an uphill battle. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think going in with that mindset, like that's why I, I really like your point about education. Because if your mind says, hey, I'm just here to educate, I'm just here to help, some of those walls start to come down. Because you mentioned like their time is busy, like they're busy people. They don't have endless time to hear you blabber on. But if you go in with that mindset, how can I just build rapport and build relationship and help them in the process? You may not win that project today, but they're going to open the door for you in the future. You know, It's relationships. Mm, true. It's all about the relationships. So to wrap things up, Greg, I'd love to know, what advice would you give you know, any manufacturer listening to the show today? You've touched on a lot of different points from selling to being online to positioning. 
What would be like the most simple advice you would give a manufacturer saying, you know what, I need to continue to improve the way I'm selling to architects. What would you tell them? I think if you are trying to sell your product to a group of architects, the best way you probably have to do that is to bring an architect in that's already using your product. Because I know from my own perspective that if you're an architect, you're going to be a whole lot less interested in what I have to say about the concrete industry because I'm in the concrete industry. But if I can put an architect in front of you who has successfully used concrete on a variety of projects in a variety of ways, that's going to carry a whole lot more weight with me than having the product rep be the guy or the gal making the case. I mean, I can imagine if you're a rep, you're selling, you introduce an architect into the room, it's almost like an interest architect and you step away and just watch what happens because that architect's there to help. The architect is there to share what they've seen. And they've, they've got, like just like you, you've got a little bit, not a little bit, you've got a lot of perspective that, frankly, a traditional rep probably doesn't have. And that's probably why you're doing well in your position because you're advocating for this industry that you're in. And you're not necessarily just trying to sell, you're trying to help. So absolutely right. Yeah. You know, the other thing for the manufacturers is if they've got an active project under construction where their product is in play, bringing the architects to that On project yeah. to see the installation, to understand the details in place during construction, not only I think is that more interesting for the architects to be on the job site, a hard hat tour, what have you, it also engages them in a much more detailed level on how the building's going to be built with your product. Do you do that at all currently? All, all the time. Do you? It's, it's absolutely a home run, not only for architects, because we're also trying to help owners understand how the different building materials come into play in terms of the quality proposition or the value proposition. That's really interesting. Yeah. Well, Greg, thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been awesome. Thanks. I know you're going to a couple of trade shows coming up. Which ones are you going to? We will be at Con Expo Con Ag in Las Vegas in March. That's a great show, but the National Ready Mix Concrete Association will be there and love to have you come down and chat. Speaking of which, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? I would say email, glewis at nrmca.org. You can also find me on nrmca.org under the staff bios. That's great. Well, thank you again so much for coming on the show. This has been super, super helpful. I always love talking to architects because their vantage point is really unique. And I, I really like that you're also trying to educate and in some ways sell into. So this has been awesome. Thank you again so much. Thanks, Zach. And if you want more great content like this, go to venvio.com slash podcast. Until next time, I'm Zach Williams. Thanks, everybody. You've been listening to Smarter Building Materials Marketing with Zach Williams and Beth Popnikola. To get the resources mentioned in this podcast, visit venvio.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening.